Hey, well, congratulations. You're pretty much at the halfway point of your fall semester, which is incredible. We're in the middle of our Flip the Script series that we've been in for the past couple weeks. And guys, what we've been looking at, for those of you that hadn't been with us, what we've been looking at is situations in Scripture, moments in Scripture where we see people go against the grain, where we see people do something that was abnormal, all right? Because there's moments in our lives, guys, where we've got to flip the script, where we've got to do something that stands out. If we're going to walk with Christ, if that's going to be a part of who we are, we're going to have to do things that make us stand out. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. It's actually one of the hardest things to do. And so... Last week, we talked about the temptations in our lives and how we deal with that. This week, we're really going to be focusing in on, man, who do we follow? Who do we follow? Because we've got an opportunity every single day to make a decision on who we're going to follow. And it's not a one-time decision. It's not something that you do well for a week and you've got it figured out. It's not something you even do well for an entire year and you've got it figured out. We've got to make a daily decision every single day on who we're going to follow. And really our two choices come down to the world, right? And there's individuals, there's things, there's opportunities. Or are we going to follow Christ? The story that we're going to look at this morning is some guys that are making the choice to follow Jesus. And I love this story. It's Luke 5. It's going to be on the screens if you don't have your Bibles, but it's Luke 5. And this is Jesus calling his first disciples, which is really cool. So Luke 5 verse 1, it says this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, He was standing by the lake, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put put him out a little bit from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night, and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. All right? Now, I want to pause there for a second. You've got Jesus who's showing up, who's telling these guys what they're going to do. Now, fishing isn't their hobby. All right? Fishing isn't something that they're just doing for fun. This is their livelihood. This is what they do. And now Jesus is showing up and saying, hey, I want you to let down your nets. And his response is, look, we've been at this all night and we took nothing. How many of you have a job right now? How many of you guys work? Awesome. All right. So this is like, this is what the, this is like somebody showing up to your job. All right. They've come to visit you. They've come to see you. And they're showing up to your job. And they watch you do your thing for about five minutes. And they go, wait, hang on. Why don't you do it like this? Why aren't you doing this particular thing in this direction. I really think that would help you. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment like that. That is one of the most frustrating things on earth. When somebody just kind of shows up and starts telling you what to do, that makes you want to hit somebody. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's like, look, man, I've been working on this for a little while, 
And I haven't figured it out, so I really don't think that you're going to show up and you're going to give me the right answer. But this is what Jesus is doing here. So there's got to be at least a little bit of frustration because Jesus isn't a professional fisherman. That's not what he does for his livelihood. But that's what Simon Peter does. And he says, we've toiled all night, we took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done it, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Verse 7, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. So one encounter, one moment changes the trajectory of their lives. One moment, one encounter changes the trajectory of their lives. Now from this moment... They're going to have to make the daily decision to walk with Jesus. It's not going to just be that everything's sunshine and perfect after today. But at this time, man, they have made the choice of what they're going to do and who they're going to follow. This is a choice that some of us have made. And then there's some of us that aren't quite willing to get out of the boat yet. We think that we can figure it out. We're still following something else and we're not quite ready to let down what we no. So here's what we're going to look at for the next little bit this morning. When I flip the script on who I follow, I'm going to do these things. All right? And we're going to talk about three things. But when I flip the script on who I follow, I'm going to choose to do these three things. Because here's the reality. This is why we have to flip the script on who we follow. Society tells us that you need to do what's best for you. And that you need to figure life out just for you. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't follow anybody else. You need to do what's best for you. Or we're following people that have the wrong idea. We're following people that aren't leading us anywhere. They're not taking us to anything that's better than what we're in. So when we follow Jesus, there's sacrifice that we make. But we're heading to something that we can't get otherwise. And that's what we're going to hone in on and talk a little bit about today. Would you pray with me? Father, we just pray for this morning, Lord. I pray for um, each student that's in the room getting ready to go on break. God, I, I know that we've got a decision to make, Lord, on if we're going to make that choice to follow you. Simon Peter and James and John, they all had to decide in the boat that day that they were going to walk out and that they were going to follow Jesus and change the trajectory of their lives. Father, for those of us that have made the decision to follow Jesus, I pray that we continually and daily follow you with everything that we have, Lord, that we would walk with you, that we'd be obedient, and that we would just listen to what you have for us. And for those of us that are still sitting in the boat, Father, I pray by the time we walk out of here today that we would be willing to follow you, that we would abandon what we want and ultimately follow what you have for us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right? So if I'm going to do these things, if I'm going to follow Jesus, here's the first thing that I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to lean in on faith more than logic. 
I'm going to have to lean in on faith more than logic. If we look back at what we just read in verse 4, it says this. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. If you like underlining, if you like just writing things down about Scripture, that part right there is a huge portion of this passage. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Here's the deal. Simon, Pe Simon Peter could have made a ton of excuses for not letting down his net. One, this isn't Jesus' job. It is his job. So technically, he would know better. He would know what's best. He would know if it's the right time of day or not. So that's excuse number one, and it's incredibly valid. He's been fishing all night long. He's tired. He wants to go home. It's a really easy thing to just say, look, I get it. We've been at this all night. Can we please just go home? I don't want to fish anymore. It hasn't worked. But that's not his response in the moment. He says, look, we've been at it and we've worked hard and nothing's happened. But at your word, because you've asked me to do so, I will let down the net. See, when we decide to follow Jesus in our lives, guys, we are leaning in on faith for what Jesus has for us. There's going to be moments in our lives when we follow Christ that the moment in the, in the portion that we're at, it's not going to make sense. The moment's not going to make sense. We're not going to understand what we're supposed to be doing, but we know we're called to something greater. And we're going to have to lean in on our faith a lot more than what logic says. Logic in this moment says, go home, quit fishing. You've been at it all night long. Faith is, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And that's exactly what Simon Peter shows here. He's leaning in on faith for Jesus to do what only he can do. Faith's a really hard thing to deal with sometimes, though, because a lot of times we've been let down by our faith. And not necessarily our faith in the Lord, but we've placed our faith in other people. We've placed our faith in something to happen here, and it hasn't come to fruition. And we go, you know what? I don't know if I can trust that. And so we decide that logic's the better route, and everything's this calculated decision of, yes, this is going to work, or no, this isn't going to work. And that's what I'm going to have to lean in on. That's what I'm going to have to follow. But when we follow Christ, we're stepping back and saying, you know what? Logic says this. The world would tell me to do this. The world would tell me to go home. The world would tell me not to trust in Jesus. But I know by faith what he can do. Really easy to talk about on a Sunday morning. A lot harder to live out on a weekday afternoon. Right, We're reading the passage. Yeah, it makes sense in the moment. 
We're sitting in here, we're surrounded by other people that are wanting to do the same things. And yeah, this sounds like the best opportunity. Of course, I'm going to listen to faith more than logic. But by the time we're halfway through the week of school and we've got this huge opportunity, we've got this huge decision to make, it's not always the easiest decision in the world, is it? Faith can get really quiet sometimes in the middle of the week. And logic can get really loud. So the question then comes down to, how do I lean in on faith in the middle of the week? You get to know Jesus a little bit better every single day. Your faith in him isn't going to grow if you're not spending any time with him. That's just a reality. It's just like any relationship that you would have here. You're not going to put any trust into somebody that you don't know. If you're going on a first date with somebody, which if you are, congratulations, that's a huge step. But if you're going on a first date, you're not going to trust them with something that's really important to you, are you? I really hope you're not. All right, because there's a chance that you're not going to see them again, that they're going to let you down, that you won't hear from them ever again, that the relationship's not going to go anywhere. So we don't put a ton of trust into somebody that we've just met, but we begin to trust people that we get to know every single day a little bit better and a little better, a little better, and then the years go by and there's a ton of faith and there's a ton of trust in that relationship. The same is true for our relationship with Christ. If we're not putting anything into it, if we're not spending any time with him day by day, yeah, why would you trust him? You don't know him. But when we can begin to lean in on what he has for us and we spend time with him every single day, faith in the middle of the week in a big opportunity, in a big moment, isn't as hard to lean in on because we know who we trust. We know who's on the other side of it, okay? So that's the first thing that we have to do. The second thing is incredibly practical, but we have to think of myself less. I have to think of myself less. That's number two. Luke 5.8 says this, but when Simon Peter saw it at what Jesus had done, he fell down at his knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So Simon Peter takes a position of surrender in this moment, right? When you fall down on your knees and you put your hands up, man, you are surrendering. You're saying, look, I, I don't know what to do here. I give up. And that's exactly what he's telling Jesus. Look, I might not know completely who you are right here, but I don't deserve to be around you. I don't. And so that's why he does what he does. Here's the really cool thing, though. This isn't the first time that Jesus and Simon Peter have met. If we were to flip back just one chapter in the book of Luke, there's a moment in Scripture in Luke 4 where Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So he heals this lady. He's, he has seen Jesus' work already at this point. So what Jesus can do, his power, the miracles, man, that's not foreign to Simon Peter. This isn't the first time that he's seen him work. He's seen him heal somebody already. But in this moment, he decides to turn his life over to Jesus and he's forever changed. 
It's like the light bulb finally comes on for him in this instance and in this moment. And he realizes, oh crap, like, I don't have this figured out. And I do need this guy. See, when we know Jesus, we see ourselves for what we really are. And what we really are is a sinful person. We've made a lot of mistakes. We've fallen short a ton in our lives, guys. And there's not enough good that we're going to do to make up the gap that already exists. But when we know Jesus, we know that we're sinners that have been saved by grace. And that completely changes the way that we see ourselves. That's what happened to Simon Peter in this very moment. We're literally seeing the light bulb come on for him, realizing, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not as great as I thought I was, and I do need this person. I do need a Savior. I do need help. C.S. Lewis used to say this all the time, and it's so true. Humility is not thinking of less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So that's what's happening here. Simon Peter's not just saying, I'm a terrible person, I hate myself. He realizes, man, with who Jesus is compared to who I am, I need this guy. And when we know Jesus, we always think of ourselves less. Because that's exactly what he did. So if I'm going to make that decision to follow Jesus, I begin to think of myself less. Because he completely changes our perspective on the world. Because he's the only person that doesn't change. Everything else in life will change at some point. People change, jobs change, schools change, cities change. Jesus doesn't change. And I'm telling you, you would much rather follow something that's stable than follow something that could be gone by the time we get out of here today. Because when we build our, when we build our lives, when we try to build a foundation on something that doesn't last, we're always going to be left in the dust. Because it's going to crumble. It's going to fall apart. I read this really cool story this week about this guy named Kurt Wagner. All right? So Kurt Wagner was Hitler's bodyguard back there in World War II. Okay? So you've got to understand and you've got to think of what this guy believes in the world. He has poured his entire life into following one human being in one country. This was going to be all he ever needed. And then we're on the other side of it. We know what happens. Hitler's no more. Germany falls. So this guy's world is crumbling all around him in an instant. Like he is completely done with life because that foundation that he had built himself on of following this guy, this human being that was born into a sinful nature just like he was, is no more. And so now he's got a decision to make because what he's known to be true 
isn't true. The whole thing wasn't real. The charade's up, and now he doesn't know what to do with himself. And so he writes that he was just done with life. He wanted no more of being on this planet. And so he had made the decision that he was going to kill himself later in the evening. He had nothing else to live for. So the story goes that one of the last things that he wanted was a cup of coffee. I don't know why, but people love coffee, okay? You coffee addicts are unbelievable. So this guy just decided that the last thing he wanted was a cup of coffee. So he goes into a local YMCA coffee shop in Germany to grab a cup of coffee and grabs it and finds a gospel track sitting right next to the counter. He grabs it and begins to read and essentially cries out, God, what do you want me to do with this? And a man answers from across the coffee shop and says, well, I think I might be able to help you with that. And a local minister was in there that was having a cup of coffee, led him to the Lord. Kurt Wagner surrendered his life and began to preach the gospel. He was a minister for decades after this. Because he found the one thing that would never leave him again. He found the one thing that wasn't going to change, that wasn't going to evaporate. And when we find that thing, when we find that relationship with Jesus, now I'm thinking of myself less. I realize who I am. I realize what I need. And because of that, man, I'm ready to put other people in front of myself. I'm going to think of myself less. Final thing in these I will statements when we decide to flip the script on who we follow, I abandon my plans to follow his plan. I abandon my plans to follow his plan. At the very end of that passage that we read, it said, and Jesus said to Simon Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. See, in this passage right here, do not be afraid translates in our modern day English to stop being fearful. Do not be afraid means stop being fearful. And I think that's a message that some of us really need to take home today. Stop being fearful of what God has set out for you. It scares us. I totally understand. Deciding that we're going to follow this man named Jesus and we're going to sacrifice the desires that we have for where he calls us is a terrifying thing. But if I could leave you with one message to take home today, it would be that you would stop being fearful of what God has for you. Stop feeling like you've got to figure this whole thing out. 
Stop feeling like your way is the best way. And if you don't get it, you're terrified of what's going to happen. Stop being fearful, guys. Because when we're fearful, we make decisions in a completely different manner than we ever used to. When we're fearful, we're playing defense rather than offense. We're just trying not to screw up life. When we think fearfully, when we live fearfully, we tiptoe around and try not to make too much of a ripple. Man, Jesus' message to these guys that were getting ready to sacrifice their lives for his message, Jesus' message to us is stop being fearful. Yeah, you might not know what's coming, but he does, and he has a plan, and he's not going to let you down. He's not going to disappoint you. He's not going to forget about you. But you've got to make the decision that you're going to be willing to get out of your boat and that you're going to follow him. Because these guys couldn't keep doing what they, were going, that, what they were doing and continue to follow Jesus. It just wasn't going to happen. They were going to have to make a choice and a decision to get out of the boat and to follow him. And in that moment, they stopped being fearful and they followed I pray that we would do the same thing, that we would be a church and that we would be a team that lives life the same way that they did. It's the best decision that we could make, guys. Stop being fearful. Stop being afraid of what you don't know and trust in the one that doesn't let you down. Would you pray with me? Father, I just pray uh, for each person in the room, God. I know that it's really easy to say these things. It's a lot harder to live them out. And I know what it feels like to think fearful thoughts and, and to almost trap ourselves and box ourselves in. And when we do that, we box you in, God. Because what we're saying is, I don't know if this is going to work out in my favor. And so I would rather just stay where I'm at. God, we know from the disciples, we know from history that that's no way to live life. Father, I pray that today we would stop being fearful and we would abandon our plans to follow your plan, to follow what you have for us. Because that way is always greater. It never lets us down, it doesn't forsake us, it doesn't forget about us. Father, allow us to hold on to that as we move forward today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives here on earth. May we make the decision to follow you and forget about what the world has for us. Lord, we love you, we thank you. It's your name we pray, amen.